It's your Midwest Garden Podcast. Today, we're digging in the dirt. So grab your gloves, your shovels, and join us. Today's conversation is Season 2, Episode 3. That's Three Fingers. Hello, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy, with freshman gardener Scott. Hello, Scott. You want to say that? Yes, I want to say hello to everybody. All right. Today's all about soil. You know, a lot of people call it dirt, but I'm going to ask you to answer these questions. What do you use for your lawn, your garden, or your landscape bed, Scott? Do you know? Yeah, the brown stuff. Good. With gummy worms. We're getting there. It's like, gummy worms. it's like Oreos and gummy worms and ice cream. Worms, dirt on ice cream. Now that sounds pretty darn good. It is good. But speaking of soil, newsflash, <laughs> newsflash. I got a notification while I was at work today. Okay, from your wife? <laughs> no, 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 no. This was from Soil Ooh. Kit. Ooh, I got a screen in front of me. Yes. Oh, this it's is an my analysis. dashboard for my dirt. When my, did you send this in? I sent it in. So today we're taping. It's Friday night. I sent it in last Saturday. It the, took less than a week for you to get this back? Yeah. You know how the U.S. mail has been slow lately. Well, this is the internet, Scott. Well, I know, but they posted it on the internet. Oh, you got the official thing in the mail? No, you get an email saying, yeah. hey, your test results are ready. You know, go to your dashboard and oh. bing, bang, boom. So people, when Scott's talking dashboard, he's being a technocrat here. Oh, what yeah, he means yeah. is go to your computer and then yeah, look when, this up. But when you buy the product, you register your kit, you send in your sample, and voila, within 48 hours, we've talked about this a number of times. I'm just so excited. I'll talk about it again. Sorry, everybody. They posted my results. So I hit view results for this particular test because you can send in a number of them mine happens to be for my lawn and it says hey we analyzed no this is a real lab this isn't some this isn't some kids just throwing off some papers at you from well, some, yeah, some of the well. universities do that you know so it says what you will need now all this stuff is available at my garden center and it's by name, so you're not like, oh, I need this. It's, I think it may be this. No, they're giving you an exact name and exact product number. All right, now i got to rehash this. When you called it your garden center, this is like going to your uh, PCP or your primary care physician. This is yes. your, your garden's physician. As basically. Christina kept saying, it's a relationship between you, your lawn or your garden, and your garden center. Dang. Because it takes all three. So here's so it says here's what you'll need. You'll need one bag of lawn food, 28, ot, 12, 20 pounds, one bag of potash, one bag of sulfur. And then it tells you how much to use. Then it goes down to the treatment recommendations per the thousand square feet, which everybody's used to. It gives me my soil pH, a buffer pH. I don't know what that is. That's for you. Organic matter. And then it breaks down everything they said. Tests phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, calcium, boron, zinc, manganese, iron, and copper. And my manganese is low, Mike. It's it's very low. You you know what? Your 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 soil seems anemic and everything, except for your phosphorus, your potassium, and really high in the magnesium. But then when it gets to the calcium, you're in you know four figures there. 
I mean, it's really high. Yeah, I've got a bunch of high stuff. I don't know how to get it low, but I know the low, the manganese, is what they suggested. It's the combination of a potash and the sulfur waking, uh, tell me if I got this right, waking up that microbes. Is it microbes? Microorganisms? Microorganisms, yeah. Yeah, so those two... Those two things they want me to add to my lawn are going to wake up those microorganisms and bring my mag- magnesium up to par, correct? What Is that how I'm reading this? What, no, yeah, but your microorganisms, basically, they go and they emulsify or they're able to break down these minerals where your plants aren't able to bring them into their through their root system. The microorganisms break it down. They're munching on these things, and their byproduct is going to be the same thing, but it makes it more accessible. To the plant root. To the plant to the utilize. Right. I right. get it. Okay. Wow. So, done, yeah. I'm Isn't looking. this cool? Yeah, and it's, is this all you – I mean, this is simple. It's, how many pages did you get? Well, it's just one continuous. See now, this once is, you open that particular result, yeah, but it's, it's just not like uh, ten pages that you'd get. From, no, no, it's a simple. I mean, it's even got a bar graph. So, oh, this is only going to be. This is like if you were to do this, it would be a page and a half. Well, it's and like it, Cliff Notes version from what you say you used to get from all the extensions. We used to get the big. I mean, eight to ten pages of of. How many pounds per acre you're going to have to put in? Well, nobody's got, you know, major acreage. Well, people have major acreage, but the standard homeowner has, you know, let's say the lawn fertilizers are based on 5,000 square feet. Right. I mean, they don't go into, you know, the 5,000 square feet analysis here. This basically tells you, you know, how many pounds per thousand that you're going to need. And if you're going to do standard math, for instance, the products that one of the companies, the independent garden centers that we're dealing with, We'll sell a product that goes in six-pound packages. Right. So that would cover approximately 6,000 square feet. Ta-da, even Mike the Magnificent can figure that one out. So here they're saying, here's what you need, one bag of sulfur, a six-pound bag. But yet it tells me during here's how much to use, I only need to use 4.94 pounds of the sulfur. And you're talking this is strictly for your lawn, right? This is Yeah, yeah. I just did it for the lawn. This is amazing. I Isn't mean, this cool? Now, see, Christina, your team rocks, man. I love this. This is called Soil Kit. Now, do me a favor. Scroll back down or up. Go back. I want to see. The, yeah. Okay. Now, you're saying here that it says one bag of a certain company's lawn food that is 28012. Now, mind you, this is one local company that makes this fertilizer. Now, you don't have to be exactly at the 28012. What Soil Kit is doing is they're comparing notes to what fertilizers are accessible to your region. And in this case, right. it was the Anderson's Lawn Food in Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan, that is quite prominent in, in this loca- locale here, the Midwest. And they said to use this because it's easy to get a hold of. It's 28012. Now, they'll do it in accordance to, let's say you're from Sioux City, Iowa. They'll do it in accordion, accordion, in accordance to what local independent garden centers you have, what the what the fertilizers you have that are accessible that you can put down. You're going to play us a waltz with that accordion you just mentioned? What did I do? Accordion? Accordion to, oh, <laughs> duh, better than yeah. So how, how it works, and I know I've said this before, but for our new listeners, which we have one or three, um, what they do is place that you buy this soil kit, soil kit from, they have a library of everything that that garden center offers. So when they say, like in my case, it's potash, well, they specifically say espoma because 
the potash that Black Diamond carries is Espoma potash. Right. So you're not going in saying, I just need potash. I don't know what kind or whatever. No, they're saying get the Espoma potash. It's the ot ot dash 60 or odd odd from that's me. zero zero six is zero to people that generally don't know what the odds are yeah sorry there's no question there's no question about what you need to go in and buy and the other thing is is it, the garden center can call if you don't i mean you can bring this in on your phone because there's a mobile app or just you can take a snapshot, but the garden centers have this information too. They can call it up and look well, at it. Well, they even got the logo of the garden centers that, yeah. that you're working with. If it's <laughs> Ma Pa and, you know, they happen to have been around for 60 plus years, then, you know, they're going to have their logo and they're going to know what ingredients and what products that they're selling. And they're going to use the products that they have on uh, in-house right there. Is that correct? Is that what I'm yeah. getting? Yeah. All right. That's, that's super. Yeah. And I've actually sold a, a, a kit per day right now. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, people. It's, we have them up by the counter like a impulse buy because I'm. I mean, I almost want to put as heard on your Midwest Garden podcast. You? I know. I mean, why don't you, Mister Sandstrom? Well, for goodness you know, gracious, it's, I got a design. This a, is a family I got, business. I got here. design the sign. People look at it and it's like, wait, wait, don't put that back down. You're gonna love this, and people are like, hell yeah, I'm buying it. So. Well, anyway. And in general, it's not going to break the bank to get this. No, it's, it's only like around thirty bucks. I mean, that's pretty darn cheap for a soil kit. I mean, from we've gone in the Midwest from like twenty nine inches of snow to seventy degree temperatures in two days. That snow went, it's gone. Now people can get the soil soft. You can go in there and dig. I mean, and you don't have to go and do like my dog does and have these craters in the backyard. <laughs> Just give a nice couple of scoops and put it in the bag that they provide. Zip it locked. Send it to them. And within, you said, 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is, I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. I know. I'm pumped. I've been talking about it all day. I mean, I talk about it all the time anyway. But I have yeah. no life, apparently. Well, no, this is a life. This is exciting. <laughs> what are you talking about? So here, here's, we're going to wrap this up because people came to hear about other soil amendments. Well, I'm excited now. I know. I have already uploaded and scheduled the soil kit conversation we had with Christina that mm -hmm. happened in December. We'll play it again. And we're going to play it again, Sam. So, I mean, you don't have to wait. If you guys are excited as I am, you can go look back. Uh, I think it's episode 19, uh, Easy Soil Kit Test Kit. Uh, it was December 9th, I believe. You scroll down either on our buzzsprout.com site or just search it. You'll see it's, I mean, it's. I mean, it'll give you basically. Oh, yeah, they're, you'll they're find from, it real easy. She's but, from where, Alabama? Alabama. Alabama. And she's got a bit of a draw, but she is very, very cordial, very pleasant to listen to and to the point. Yes. I had some suggestions when I was actually registering my kit. Mm -hmm. A girl I was talking with was like, man, that sounds like a great idea. And and then I said, well, say hi to Christina for me. And she replied back within moments and said, hey, Christina said hi, Scott. <laughs> you know, and it's like. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, that is cool. Lot, lots of fun, lots of cool stuff. So everybody, soilkit.com. It's all one word, soilkit.com. Can you say that one more time? Soilkit.com. I'm not being funny. I mean No, no, I can say that. Okay. Soilkit.com. Say that three times real quick. Say that, say that, say that. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Hey, we'd like to thank Black Diamond Garden Centers for sponsoring your Midwest Garden. 
We record this podcast on site at the Toledo location amidst all the smells of budding flowers, the manures, the chicken schmutz, you name it. If you're in the Toledo or Perrysburg, Ohio area, please stop by either Black Diamond location for all your gardening needs. And remember, ask someone who knows. So let's get to the show. Mike has done a couple of videos for the Garden Center talking about soils. And now that we have people coming in, everybody's got spring fever with a little spike in temperatures. And I mean, it's... They got the bug. They got the bug. And I understand that a lot of people that start with seed have already planted in soils. But I want to talk about what people, your weekend warrior type guys, that when they come and get their tomato plant that's already six inches tall, and the people that built beds during COVID for entertainment for the kids and to grow their own vegetables. Right. I mean, I know what we suggested for them back then, but... Let's talk soils and uh, well. You know. See, you're using the proper word. You're you, you see, and I was corrected by Professor Todd Crail, who we've done a podcast with. Also, he's natural sciences at the University of Toledo. Um, basically, there's a difference between dirt, medium, and soil. And without getting too really technical, dirt or medium has nothing, nothing advantageous for the plants to utilize to grow in. To grow in, all it is is a medium. You've got to provide the nutrients for the plants in either dirt or a medium. It's like seeing the signs near new home constructions, fill dirt wanted. Oh, God. That's that's just a totally different thing. Yes, that's junk. You're allowed, depending on the zone that you're in, and the area that you're in, the township, the city, the town, whatever, they allow a certain amount of organic and inorganic debris to go in there. So they bury it in a hole in the ground, and then they cover it with what they call fill dirt, which is nothing. And it's not P-H-I-L. Fill dirt. That was okay. Where's the drum? wasn't there a band? Fill dirt and the dozers. Oh my gosh. D o z e r s. Okay. You know what? Now, what was that on? I forget. I know it's fill dirt and the dozers. Anyway, there's a plug for that. Yeah, look that up, will you, folks? I want to find out what that is or who that was. That's definitely not. Um, 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 so what you're saying is soil actually has nutrients that are good for growing. It has things in either it. Either grass or vegetables right. or if you've also noticed, say plants. You know, people are going to start flying again. And when you're flying, I want you to look out the windows when you get your, your, your window seats. And I want you to look out when you start, you know, going up to your 35,000, you know, feet up in the air before you go cruising. On the way up, I want you to look out the windows. I mean, they teeter, they totter. They, you're able to see farm fields. What color is that soil in the winter, the spring, or in the fall? That's not soil. Remember, Mike, you got to use your own term. It's dirt. There's nothing in it. It's yellow. It's either yellow clay, it's either yellow sand, or yellow, yellow fill dirt. There's nothing in it. And that's why the farmers put in their synthetic products into the soil, the nutrients, so that the plants can grow and get the nutrients to make their own food. Because they use that dirt too much, even though they it's turned been it over depleted. a couple years? depleted. It's been totally right. depleted. Now they're doing no-till farming, which basically means that they're allowing the organic matter to work its way back into the soil so that the plants can reuse it. But my goodness gracious, in the Midwest here... It's a uh, business. Well, it's a business. They got to make some money and they got to survive. Uh, the, the thing here is, is that now we've talked before about the soils and what kind of soils are out there. When you're right now planting, let's say mom, dad, the kids, or at school are planting things in eggshell 
or eggshells or egg containers or in peat pots or in cells that they call, you know, flats, where you can get like 36 of them in there. I'm going to recommend you stay away from all of this rich soil. Why, you ask? I'm waiting for you to ask, Scott. Mike, why should our listeners stay away from the rich soil? Because the seeds will not use the nutrients that are in it. Well, isn't that brilliant? You have to have a root system in order to take in nutrients. And in order for photosynthesis to occur, which means light processing, they have to have some type of a leaf system. What I'm basically going to be recommending, you get a soilless soil, a soil that basically is potting soil. It doesn't have anything but, let's say, it's going to be primarily, let's say, peat humus, peat moss, not humus, peat moss, malorganite, not malorganite, that's a fertilizer. Peat moss, um, uh, perlite, and uh, that's basically going to be it for the drainage. Uh, th- there's going to be other products that they may put in there, but there's a rating for some of them that I want you, I know you did your homework, that where they add these little moisture re- retention pellets in there. They're basically sil- silica pellets to retain moisture. It does not help the plant. Perlite? Well, no, 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 no. This is silica. This is what they use to hold and retain moisture. Like the for, little bags you get in bag in, that, that in little packages. Stuff. Yeah. Now there's a company out there, big, big, big company that puts them in there and advertises that they want to. It's there for people that don't have to go and maintain their gardens. You just allow it to sit there. You water it, and it re, it soaks up seven to twelve times the amount of moisture that you put, that most soils. Its will, size and it sits there and it rots. It rots the roots. But I'm not going to make mention of who that is. I want you to get basically. Uh, the stuff with the perlite and the peat, and that's it. You put your seeds in there. You allow it to grow. Once it starts to grow, it's got the primary set of leaves on it. You still don't use any nutrients at all in there. Then when you start to get the secondary uh, leaves and you pull it out of uh, uh, from its flat or you take a look and the roots are starting to come through the cells themselves, then you do what they call up canning. Now you don't. You can either use that same soil, the soilless soil. For instance, I don't. You know, most of the independent companies utilize a product called Bacto, where it has uh, the uh, the perlite and the peat. Uh, that's basically it. There's my no, wife's been using that in our for your pot landscape. Of yeah, all, uh, pots all around. All for around. Years. You use it's perfect for for potting. Yeah, it's great stuff. And it's great to get things started. However, it's not going to be good. To, I mean, you can use it in your garden, but it's very light. Well, it's we, very expensive to it, use for. It is expensive. I, but, mean, I mean, well, not, I mean, it's not overly expensive. I mean, it's good stuff. You're getting what you're paying for. Right. But that's all she uses in her, you know, three-foot-long trays of annuals all summer long. Well, that's all you have to use for that because, you know, what she does, But too. that's not amendment type of thing going on. No, no. But what she's doing is she's using nutrients, though, after the fact to give it. It's like that airplane up there. You're 10,000 feet up, and you see that yellow sand. The farmers have to put amendments, or not amendments, but nutrients into the soil so that the plants can suck it up and make their own food. Your wife does that in the potted plants since that soil, the back dough, the the peat moss, and the perlite, um, doesn't have any of the natural nutrients in there. So she fertilizes them probably once every three to four weeks. With the right. liquid fertilizer, right, and that's what ke- that's what keeps them going, and they just they look gorgeous. I mean, you don't need the nutrients in the soil for the potted plants on a regular basis. However, when it comes down to your vegetable garden, you're going to have to amend. 
And that's where that soil kit came in and where it's going to tell you what you're going to need and what you're not going to need and what you're lacking and what you got too much of. You can use different soils. You're going to get confused. You go to your local garden center, you're going to see about 20 different brands of different types of soil. Yep. And if you were like me in the past, when it came down to things, well, let's say uh, clothing, uh, or uh, let's say if I'm going to use a certain type of a, a lawnmower, if it's more expensive, it's got to be better. Nah, it's not necessary. Not necessary. If it's more expensive, all it means is you're paying more for it. What I want you to do is look at the back of the bag and see what kind of nutrients are in the front. Is in there. What kind of organic nutrients? The reason I'm saying organic is because if you put synthetic products in there, they're going to go as fast as you put them, put them into the ground. The organics that are in there, for instance, Master, Master Nurseries provides for the independent Mapa companies uh, soils that are called, for instance— uh, okay. Okay, I know I know where you're going. I just want to, I just want to clarify some for the weekend warriors like myself that are a little bit lost now. Ah, you're lost. Okay, so you can come home. Well, I'm I'm not saying I'm totally lost. I'm just the back toe you talked about. Right, all that stuff in it. Is, aren't those amendments no. to soil anyway? The stuff that's in back, though, you've got the perlite, the vermiculite, and the peat humus, or peat moss, not peat humus, peat moss. It's a medium. What they call a medium is something to hold the plant true so that the roots can go ahead and take hold. So where I'm getting confused is the vermiculite and all that. Is that synth- man-made synthetic? No. Vermiculite is is kind of like, it, it is a mica. It's mined. Okay. Perlite, and that's designed for retention of moisture. The um, perlite is, you can either have synthetic or a mine product, but it's a white product that looks like little styrofoam pebbles or pellets that's mixed in there for drainage and aeration so that the roots can basically work their way through there. It's These are baby plants. They got to find a way to, you, you know, it's like you got to crawl before you walk. Well, they got to get their roots established first before you can put them outside and, and to sustain themselves in the elements. So let's give a definition, if we can, real quickly for average Joe like me. When you say amendments, I mean, to me, that stuff in dirt is an amendment. Well, but now you're talking, I'm going to say, like, I know where you're going with bumper crop. It's like a super amendment to me. What amendments are is anything that you add to well, the soil, yes, or not soil, but to aren't the you, dirt. But aren't you adding vermiculite or perlite well, to that? That's been added, yes. That is so an, that's amendment, an amendment, but it's not a nutrient. Oh, yeah. So you're looking for an, a nutrient I'm looking amendment for is amend- where you're going right. with the Nutrient amendments crop. are going to be the second stage. All right. Does anybody it's, follow that along with me? The I amendments get it that now. are in the, in the basic soilless soils, like in Bacto, is just primarily going to be the peat moss, is going to be the vermiculite, and the perlite. No nutrients in there whatsoever. Gotcha. What you want to do is you put your seed in there. You missed it on a continued basis. You don't want to overwater it, but then the plant's going to germinate, the seed's going to germinate, and then it's going to start to establish primary leaves and primary root system. Ding, ding, ding. Do you see the light bulb above my head going off? Now you're going all over the place, buddy. (laughs) Hopefully our listeners are too. Okay, what's what's that up there for? I mean, I'm not hallucinating. I think it's in the water you gave me, but we'll talk about that later. Because eventually I want to go back to lawn and seeding, but that's, that's real easy. That's tight. That's real easy. Yeah. So you were going towards a bumper crop product that we carry. Right. That is great stuff. Master right. Nursery. Do you know what's in it? 
I know some of the stuff in it, but so I can explain to our listeners what we always seem to do, especially with the COVID and everybody building garden beds last year and continuing this year. Well, they're going big time this year. We suggest to be cost effective, two thirds of your bed is just nice topsoil. So that's kind of like your cake. And then we were saying a third of your bed would be this bumper crop. So that's the icing on the cake because bumper crop has all these great nutrients like earthworm castings, kelp. Meal. Me, help me out. What else? Earthworm uh, castings, bark fines, kelp meal, um, shells it, from seashells for the ground up yes. for, the, for the calcium that you would need. These are all amendments that... Now, these are nutritious amendments. To whom or to what? Not to me because I'm right. not hungry. But those are a different type of amendment, as I just learned. We have two amendments. An amendment's a generic a new, term. Yes. So what we were saying is you put that icing on the cake, those nutrients will work their way down into the other soil. They percolate help, into it, right. To help that. So it's kind of a cost-cutting savings type of deal. So you're not putting everything with bumper crop. Well, let's backtrack a, a little bit again. Backtrap? Backtrack. All right, Gosh, so I have a speech impediment. The guy's knocking me apart because of it. Tell everybody how wrong I am. Well, you're not and wrong. Fix it. I mean, not every soil. You found out from having this soil t- uh, kit test your soil. Not every every backyard or front yard or wherever you're going to be planting this has the same identical soil. And not there's no standardization for topsoil. So I mean, All I right. can take a bag and put gravel in it, put the word topsoil on it, and sell it for four bucks a bag. And, uh, you know, people go, what the heck is this? This isn't topsoil. Trust well, me, we got some of that from down south last Well, year. here's the deal. You, there's no government standardization to protect anybody for that. So I'm not really to um, know what you're getting and where you're getting it. I mean, if you're going to get it in bulk form, find out where it comes from. It can look rich and dark, but some of them are full of, they get them from creek beds. Uh, they can, and on creek beds, you get the creek grasses like nutsedge. S-E-D-G-E, which is going to grow all over the place, and you pull it, and it's going to spread like wildfire. Find out where it comes from. What I am going to be basically more interested in is you can make your own topsoil if you wanted to. And if you wanted to start now, you don't even need to go out there to get it. I'm going to say, yes, you can give it a good top three inches for your lawns. That's fine. When it comes to the garden, let's say it's bedrock clay. Yeah, topsoil helps it out. But I want you to till it or to turn it over at least six inches down. Then fill it in. I mean, your last name's not Rockefeller, Gates, or Trump. You're not going to be able to afford to completely use the bumper, while well, you might be able to, uh, to put the amended soils like the bumper crops in there to, to replace the topsoil. Right, a full 100%. You can do it a whole 100%. What I would recommend, like you had suggested, is to go and get something that you feel safe with with the topsoil, put it in there with it, and then top dress it with your bumper crops. Once you've got that on there, you got it leveled out nice and easy to let it rain on it. Or if we get a spring snow, let it hit it and it'll percolate down so that the whole bed is nutrient rich with that amendment called bumper crop. Again, it's got the bark vines. It's got the calcium from the shells, seashells. It's got a number of different nutrients in there that are organic that the plant's going to utilize, take up, and it's going to basically make its own food with it. Now, I'm waiting for you to ask me, well, am I going to have to fertilize after this? Well, that's your call. Um, 
Depends on what you're planting in it. That's right. Ooh, you 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 be learning. Dang, you've been listening, Scott. Okay, so I'm I, here, here's the deal. There's a number of different types of soils that are out there that you can utilize to basically go, and especially, let's say if you're going to go tomatoes. Bumper crop I'm going to go 1,000% with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we rip bags open, and we put plants in there and let them take hold on their own. I was telling somebody that story today. It, it is basically, it is a wonderful, wonderful medium. There's a number of different ones. I mean, if you've got yourself... Um, they call it the crop bumper crop growers mix. Now that could be generic for anybody or anything. Um, it's not an amendment. It's basically a mix. Well, it is an amendment, but it's basically a, a, a mix that you could use for your vegetables or you could use for ornamentals or you could use for anything that you want to grow. I mean, it, that's going to be your call. There's also things that are high in. there's a lobster uh, product that's put out by bumper crop. Uh, do you know the name of it? The Costa Maine Lobster. You're catching on. Keep going. It's compost. Oh. All right. It's it's a lobster compost. Now you're thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, is this something that you get at a restaurant? Well, no, it's a byproduct from it, all, all the stuff that you don't use. But basically what it, what it has, it's great for, for flower beds, for borders, for vegetable gardens, for herbs, things of this nature that, you know, uh, you as far as your veg- vegetables also. Now, I know that they say that you're not supposed to use animal byproducts, which basically, I mean, the byproduct of an animal can be your manures, which is you can use, but not to use, let's say, meat byproducts, meaning like the scrapings from from uh, your pork chops right, or your steaks. Right. Don't put that in there because it's going to draw vermin in, first of all, and it's going to dig your bed apart. But basically, this is it's got the sphagnum peat moss. It's got the lobster shell compost. It's a dark brown complex soil f- uh, that's basically used for healthy growth with nutrients like the micronutrients that you discovered that you needed for your 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 lawn. I'm not going to recommend you use this for the lawn, but in essence, this is going to be something that's that's more of a micronutrient rich compost or additive to your to your garden. Um, any of these, I'm going to recommend you use a little bit before you do the planting and as you plant. Uh, this is not your fertilizers. Now we can go into right, something yeah, else. Right, yeah, we were talking about getting into fertilizer. Yeah, and then the fertilizers are going to be the next best step. But primarily, um, let's say the gardener's gold that they have. It's just another amendment that is really, really, I mean, if you really get good at what you want to do and want to play with, let's say you got your gardener's gold, for they've got it in, for areas like one's for the Midwest, one's for the Eastern area, one's for the, the Western. This I is, mean, this is more houseplant related. Right. If I remember right. Well, you can use it. Yeah, it's lighter. It's It helps the plants adjust a lot better. Now, when you're talking houseplants, there's a lot of things that people grow indoors. Some of them legal, some of them not. It depends on the state that you're in. Now, we're not going to go into growing a special product out there, but let's just say they grow just like tomatoes. So when it comes down to growing tomatoes, follow the instructions on it. Follow the nutrients that they're basically going to need the Again, now the tomatoes, you're going to need a high volume of, of micronutrients to prevent things like blossom end rot uh, on there. You're going to need your calcium. You're going to need your manganese. You're going to need your boron. You're going to need magnesium. Um, where do you get this stuff from? You get this from the soils or from the mediums. If That's what the shells are for. The shells are high in those, uh, those products, those micronutrients. You don't want to use any or too much of the phosphorus because it locks out these nutrients. A lot of people like using phosphorus because it produces more fruit, 
the more fruit, the, the more flour you get, the more fruit you're going to get. But you're not going to have the, the hardiest fruit. So when it comes down to these soils, for instance, there's a potting soil put up by Master Nursery. Well, this is what I'm going to ask you. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of, when people are coming in, they're like, I need soil. Well, do you need topsoil? Do you want a potting soil? And are you looking know. for just a regular garden mix? So can you give us like um, an example of using potting mix? Versus just a regular like garden grow. Well, or? like I said earlier on the Bacto, uh, Bacto is a, a name brand that is just the peat, the vermiculite, and the perlite. The Master Nursery product is called Potting Soil. is the same thing. It's got the Canadian peat moss, but it's got mushroom compost in it. It's got wheat straw, cotton seed. It's got micronutrients in there that you're going to want to use. Well, I keep saying that that would are going to be so beneficial for the emerging root base on that plant. But it's not going to be strong. It's not like you put out any heavy fertilizers where the plant's going to grow too quickly on top and you're not going to have a decent root base to it. This is basically going to be utilizing all of the nutrients lightly. For instance, on this, like I said, it's got Canadian peat, horticultural sand, mushroom compost, wheat straw, cotton seed hulls, peat moss, cotton seed meal, and chicken manure, a little bit of gypsum. Now, the gypsum has got the micronutrients. The cotton seed meal is going to be for a slight little bit of acid or the acidic base that you're going to want for some of these plants that like the acid in the soil. I mean, if you're going to be playing with roses, they're going to love it. If you're going to be playing for anything, it's going to be producing a flower, which in turn is going to be producing a fruit. They're going to love it. It's a little high end for any of your potted plants that I would recommend outdoors, unless you're growing something outdoors that you're going to, you know, consume like herbs, uh, green things that are illegal in certain States or tomatoes, peppers, or things of that nature, which you can grow in containers. Average Joe and me is going to the garden center and looking for soil. I mean, the soil is soil except for what amendments have been added, and I need to look for something that is related to what I'm growing. You see, since World War II, at the end of World War II— Mike, that was a yes or no question. You're on the stand. I'm trying to not <laughs> give you the—because if I go yes or if I go no— then I know what Scott's going to come back and say, so what does it mean if? No, I'm going to say since World War II, there's been nothing but synthetic products that have been produced. They're a derivative of the oil, and that would make things a lot easier, better living through science for the last 50, 60 years that they've been promoting that. Well, that ain't true. If you've eaten a tomato that was grown strictly from a synthetic product, it doesn't have any taste to it. Right. It's just a meaty substance that you can, it looks good, but that's it. Let's expand our minds because average Joe is not going to build his own soil. No, and that's but, where your so, bumper crops come in. Exactly. But we've been talking a lot about growing vegetables. We still have to, and our time this is, is getting short. This is going to be waste to use on, on flowers. Ex this is where I want to go because yeah. we still haven't talked about just a potting soil for flowers, your your annuals that people are filling containers with, or, you know, we still have to talk. Well, let's talk about it right now before we get into this. We'll do it. Go, this we'll will see, be I short. want you to do this. Lawn, your lawn. People are overseeding or just putting some new topsoil down to, to, you know, overseed or seeding a new area that their dog dug out or whatever. Sure. That's just, you can buy your plain, nice, topsoil with nothing in it with nothing in it yeah and have very much a successful rate of germination because it's yes you're getting a bazillion grass seeds 
basically those seeds are going to work in the same process as, let's say, like a lima bean seed. As soon as they start to germinate, they're going to work their way into the soil. What you needed is that topsoil so that you can blend that in for a number of reasons. Number one, you want to protect the seed from the elements, for instance, birds and things that are coming in to eat that. Sure, they're going to nibble on the seeds that are on top, but not the ones that are blended into the soil. Right. Number two, you're going to have basically the, the, the moisture and a little bit of nutrients based in there for the grass seed to start to germinate and take root into the primary portion of your soil. It will work its way in there. You don't need this high-end stuff for that. The high-end stuff is for the byproduct that you're going to get from your fruit or vegetables. What you put in, you're going to get out. I don't know too many people that are going to be eating their grass seed or the grass out in their front yard. No, no, no. You just want it to look nice. You can use the synthetic products which, out there. Which is what kind of why I wanted to stop and put brakes on here a little okay. bit. And, right. and get off. I mean, we've been talking a lot about vegetables and stuff over the past month and stuff. Because that's what people are like They're pre, interested in, pre-planting right. and, and doing seeds. And, and pretty soon it's going to be plug time. So your lawn is going to be happy with your basic topsoil, you don't need to freak out or buy no. anything crazy. And you use your starter fertilizer, and that's the nutrients it's going to need. To, right. Uh, the Your starter fertilizer technically is an amendment to that soil. Boy, oh boy, did I, I'm a success. You caught that. Yes. Class dismissed. That's it. That's it. A plus for paying attention there, Mr. Sandstrom. I'm going to jump off the grass because, correct me if I'm wrong, but that covers it. It's, grass is. Why don't we just get away from grass, man? Okay. And then go on to something different. So it's one, two, three. Okay. Right. Am I right? You're right. Okay. Maybe we need to clean up the vegetable discussion a little bit, but. Can we jump to just, since grass is easy, let's go to flowers, because flowers is going to be probably just as easy. And then I'm maybe shaking my head, yes. Okay, so, like, when I when you mentioned the um, Bactolite, which is... It doesn't have anything in it except for the vermiculite and perlite and the Canadian peat. Is, and so that's a medium-end product, not necessarily high-end like bumper crop. Well, good. You're using that as a medium. Yes, okay. go ahead. And then that was what I said that my wife plants all our annual flowers in all around the landscape, the pool, Correct. whatever. In the pots and in your uh, you know, And that's great stuff for what it is. Yeah. So Bacto is not going to gouge your pocketbook. No. Or your wallet. So, so that's a... Great use. I mean, you could use topsoil if you wanted, but you're probably going to amend way that. high end. I mean, that's yeah. going to and it compacts. It's not something that you're going to want for the root system and the nutrients to get down so on. Anything else that you want to tell our listeners about flowers, annual flowers? That- Here's the deal: your lawn very minimal. Do not use any of these products or amendments on there because it's high end. Yes, your grass is going to grow, but it's way too expensive to utilize. Your lawn is one, two, three. You're going to put the synthetic nutrients on top, or if you want, you can use other inexpensive nutrients. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. Sure. The flowers in your containers, I don't want you to use any of this right now at all. You can use it on certain ones that are potting mix. Some of these potting mixes are, are formulated primarily for certain things, like we discussed earlier, today you could grow in illegal states. But... <laughs> When it comes down to growing just your basic flowers, use the standard Canadian peat moss combined with vermiculite and perlite, 
and add your nutrients in it later on. That is it. Just don't let them really, you know, get scorched or dry out. Put the plants in where they're going to go, and you're going to have a beautiful array of flowers. Some liquid bloom, liquid fertilizer, and boom, you're done. Darn tootin' rasputin. The only thing I'm going to really recommend you use these products for is for one heck of a grand and great uh, vegetable and fruit that you're going to want to get out of it organically, uh, and I think you're going to benefit all the way around. The more high-end stuff. The, the more, the, the, the the more ones, like when yeah. we're talking about the icing on the cake. You want to cut a tomato and, and make a you know rye bread with butter and mayonnaise on it. You want to be able to taste that tomato, not to get just get something that's red and put on a piece, two pieces of bread, and you can't even taste it. Heck no. So do you want to touch on? And I'm going to mispronounce this. What is it? Spag, spag, spagnum. Spagnum. Yes. Spagnum, yes. Num, spagnum. Here comes or num. Everybody, here's your phonetic spelling, spagnum. Ask me to spell it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got peat moss, and you've got bogs that are in Canada, for instance. where they, they got dig what down. in Canada? Bogs? Bogs, B-O-G-S, they're peat bogs. Okay. Where it's like, you know, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet. I mean, they've lost cattle in those bogs. Well, basically, that's the that's peat. That's Canadian peat moss. Sphagnum moss is kind of like a, uh, uh, almost like a vegetation that's going to grow, but you can dry it out, and it's more stringy, and they use it to line baskets with, um, and then they pack it so that you can go ahead and, with the potting soil so that you can grow certain things in there. Sphagnum is a high-end variety. You can use basically in, um, in vegetation as far as your vegetables, or you can use it in replacement of the the, the Canadian peat moss itself, too. Why do I want to use that? You can use, sphagnum is very versatile, and it's high in, it, so is the peat moss, the the, uh, the Canadian peat. It's more of an acidic base. Now, that can be used as a, as a supplement to increase the acid in the soil for things like your tomatoes. I mean, they're, they like acid soils, and that's why they do use, roses like it, too. Um, sphagnum is a little bit high-end, you use some sphagnum to line. Have you ever seen the hanging baskets, the little cages that have the moss at the base of them? Yeah, yeah. That's sphagnum. Now, they, they basically refine it so that it breaks break it down so that you can incorporate so that you can incorporate the sphagnum into the, your, your soil so that it helps to increase the acid or retention of moisture. But the best ones to use that are less expensive are going to be Canadian sphagnum moss. They come from the peat bogs themselves. There's a number of mosses. The moss is designed to retain moisture. It's also designed to increase the acid base in the soil. So the okay, difference so, between sphagnum so, and standard peat moss is very, very minimal. It just depends basically where it comes from. Oh, okay. So, Mike, we've talked about how simple lawn soil is, and we talked about a flower, and like annual flower soil. Mm-hmm. That's that's almost as basic with some little extra thrown in there. And then right. and then your own bloom builders that you add on when you water. Things that you're not going to be eating that, you know, you want right, to right. look at and make them look pretty. Of these soils, are there different soils for stuff that's in the ground or soils if I'm building beds or even I'm just even, con- even containers for our Chicago friends that are growing a couple you 300 know, feet t- in the air, yeah, yeah, for their own tomatoes. What do well, you suggest for them? Here's what I'm going to recommend. Now, there's a product. That, actually, there's a microorganism. It's called mycorrhizae, and I think it's spelled M-I-C-H-O-R-H-I-Z-A-E. It's a bacillus. Yeah, there's a, there's kind of like a um, we've talked about this. Isn't this the one where it attaches itself to, to the, the root of the plant. and help 
It's a symbiotic relationship like barnacles on a whale. It basically attaches itself to the root system of the plant, and it allows, it helps to accelerate the feeder roots from these plants. Basically, it takes those micronutrients that are not accessible to the soil, munches or to the root system, munches on it, and its byproduct, its schmutz, its poo-poo, goes right directly. They force it into the root system of the plant, which makes the plant a healthier, stronger plant so that it can process its own food better. You get a more vigorous growth from the root system, um, and it takes in those nutrients. Now, when it comes down to those nutrients, that's going to be your responsibility for, for putting in. It's like a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. Um, good stuff in, good stuff out. What you need to do in, in, in this, in all cases, make sure that you have the mycorrhizae. I don't care what anybody says. We've had certain universities say it doesn't do anything. Well, okay, we found out otherwise. It does. You're going to be using something. For instance, there's a product called BX. It's a, it's a soilless soil. It's made out of the peat moss, the sphagnum peat moss, the vermiculite, very little perlite in it. Um, but it's got the mycorrhizae added to it. So mycorrhizae is something that, if I'm at the garden center, is something that's already added to a soil product to I want to look soils. to? Yeah. Or, or do you buy mycorrhizae as a separate entity? You can buy it, it as a separate entity, and it's going to continue growing or advancing itself under the root base of the plants. Most of these products, for instance, the bumper crops, got mycorrhizae in it also. That's to be used outdoors. The HP, the BX, or the the that that seed starting soil, you can use it outdoors in your containers if you want to. It's just going to be extremely high end. It's going to be, you know, I wouldn't consider cost effective, but it's great for starting plants in. Mm-hmm. Along with the back dough that does not have the mycorrhizae in it, but you can add the mycorrhizae on a separate base. You sh- most of your independent garden centers should have mycorrhizae in small little itty bitty bags. And a little bit goes a long way because once it makes contact with that soil, not the medium, but that soil, it starts to break down. When it breaks down, it attaches itself to the roots that are started from that seed and helps to accelerate a root base for a far healthier plant. Aren't you impressed? And tastier. Well, the tomatoes are going to be. Just to recap, so you, I mean. Now, what did you learn here? I learned that. You have to say things three times for me to remember them. <laughs> so that doesn't have anything to do with age. No, it's a, a, a medium is not a soil. It's just something to grow something in or get it started in, like seeds. You transition from the medium to a soil. You're going to determine what type of a grade of soil you're going to use for what type of plants you're going to upgrade to. If it's just going to be a flower, you can keep it in that same stuff. If it's going to be uh, something that you want to consume, which I would recommend, whether it's inhaled or whether it's a- eaten, I want you to go with something that's more of a natural nutrient base. And there's a number of them. I mean, again, Master Nurseries puts out the bumper crop products from anything from lobster to, but it's got to have the mycorrhizae, the bark finds, the eggshells, everything that's in there that's natural that the plant's going to be able to utilize so that you have a Better plant. Do not use this on your lawns. As far as just growing flowers and stuff, are people too nuts? Have we made the consumers too crazy about what they're getting for well, basic flowers? You can't. No, they haven't gone nuts. But some people, you can basically find out if they're telling you the truth or not. And it's none of my business nor anybody else's business. But if they wanted to grow something that gives a lot of flowers, 
um, and they want to go high end, I would normally recommend just going with, you know, the combination of topsoil or you guys sell Michigan peat, which is a mixture of peat moss and topsoil. Or you can use basic, you know, the 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 backdoor or the high or the uh, master gardens product, master nurseries product that uh, is basically potting soil. But when somebody goes and just wants to use them for what they say flowers, and they're using, let's say, their bumper crop products, I'm I know right away that that's not just for flowers because I will make it a point to say you don't need this for flowers, but I want this for flowers. And then they wink. I know what they're talking about. Right. But when it comes down to the flowers outside in your containers along your pool, um, I would use just strictly the the soil is soil, the medium, the 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 back dough. So are you better off not spending a ton of money on a high end soil or amendment amended soil, and better off using like bloom boosters and to get your flowers to look pretty and the petals to grow. I would big. use the synthetic products, the bloom boosters that would give you both the leaf and a healthy looking flower on a continued basis on a soil that's not going to cost you a lot of money that, that you basically want it used as a medium because you're going to be incorporating the nutrients into the soil for those things to look pretty. Whereas if you're going to go natural slash organic slash feed your children and yourself with the healthiest of all foods, I want you to I'm strongly right. going to suggest going you go to with, the with the Master Gardens, Master Nursery products like the bumper crops. Okay, everybody. I hope you understand digging in the dirt a little bit better. It's a lot easier and it's a lot more fun. I mean, and again, Scott wanted to say, you know, you can use your gloves, you can use your knee pads, you can get your shovels and trowels. Forget that noise. Work up a sweat. Get the dirt in your nails, fingernails. It is healthy, clean dirt. Even the schmutz that you're putting down that's got the chicken stuff in it and all that. Remember what soap and water does? It washes it off. This is the stuff the plants that take all this decomposing organic, whether it's dead things or, well, it's got to be dead things. It takes it and it makes a good vegetable or fruit for you. Use the high-end stuff for the stuff you're going to eat. Use the low-end stuff for the stuff that you're going to look at and enjoy with your Mai Tai. Or in your case, Scott, your tequila sunrise. Just tequila. I don't need no sunrise. All right. Well, <laughs> <and> <laughs> or a sunset. You'll be sleeping in. You'll miss the sunrise. Okay. So, Tating, it's that time of the show because we got to wrap this up. Well, we're I don't want to bore time. people with soil. But, okay. But it's very interesting. I mean, you got to, it's almost like the soil kit. You got to start from the bottom and your, your foundation. Oh, yeah. I like it. So, I, I just think that was a great subject to talk about. And, get people thinking about that way and not going crazy so let me move on because i'm babbling again you are you're not using the word so either you've got mail it's the mike's mail segment you got mail mike (laughs) there you go what what do i need to talk you don't need you just talk to yourself i got mail so today feels so important since we're kind of talking about soil yeah and and obviously you're prepping your soil so you can plan something I want to talk about how close you plant things. What plants do you want to plant? Well, that's the exact question that everybody needs to ask themselves because here, here's my pet peeve, and I'm bringing this up because it's a pet peeve. People plant stuff too darn close. People plant tree. Uh, they're planting trees on top of their trees because he, here's what I'm going to say. You're too far gone, Scott. You I know. This, I am like on a rant right now, you and are. that came out of nowhere. But no, seriously, I I think people are 
so into instant gratification that they plant stuff too close together. And then they, that plant is fighting for root space and canopy space. And just, you know, my, my wife teases me because I like clean, natural looking woods. And she's like, there's nothing clean and 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 your OCD is going crazy. There's nothing pretty about as far as they're all lined up in a row. It's called it's you get it's called husbandry. And I mean, so I to get to the point here because we're short on time. What do you what do you say about planting? I'm with close? you. When um, I was out trying to promote certain plants for certain areas, the thing that I would do is ask, you know. Well, where do where do you want to put them? Well, some people well, their nose is going to be out of joint. You know, you're you're being too snoopy. This is what I want. Okay, you, when it comes to annual flowers, something is going to come up and bloom for you. You can have that immediate gratification. You can cram a container filled with those, and it's going to look good for the entire growing season. But when it comes down to things like arborvitae, or let's say even trees, let's say shade trees, if Japanese you want to put, maples, a Japanese maple, if you're going to go multiples or anything that's going to go with it. You have to understand what's going to be the primary focal point. Let's say, for instance, you are going to go a Japanese maple. Understand the growing process of that plant. What's the maximum height? What's the maximum diameter of the, the canopy of that tree? Right. The diameter is going to express how far the root system is going to go out because generally there's an equilibrium or it goes beyond the canopy of the tree itself to take the nutrients and relative moisture. When you have a tree that's crammed in, Let's say, you're, you know, again, Japanese maple, a blood good. That can get up to 15 to 20 plus feet in height. Yep. Canopy's going to get about 15 to 20 feet in diameter from, let's just say from the center, the radius of it's going to go maybe about you know, eight, eight feet plus. But when you plant something directly next to it to give you that immediate gratification, let's say like boxwood, it looks great for the first two or three years, but then things have a tendency to die back. In every living organism, whether it's uh, an amoeba or whether it's, you know, a human being, there's an alpha and there's a beta. There's something that's going to be stronger. There's something that's going to submit and die off. Now, when you put those two close, you're going to have competition for root space. Yep. One of them's going to die out. I've seen people that have taken arborvitae and they want that immediate gratification for a privacy wall so that they mm -hmm. don't look at the person in their bathtub through their bathroom window. Well, they've got uh, uh, an arborvitae is going to grow from center. We normally recommend four feet from center of that plant. Don't put them any closer. So if you got an arborvitae, step out four feet and plant another one from center because if you want them to fuse to create a wall, that root base and that top growth is going to grow out approximately four plus feet without killing the plant off. But then here's something else. You're going to allow those plants to interconnect their root system to become one existing plant. So if you've got 12 arborvitae that's going to cover, let's divide, multiply that by four, 48 feet, um, if you keep it far apart, far enough apart, that root system is going to fuse together and be one existing plant. They're going to be, but when you get them too close, you're going to end up collaring or choking out. The root system is going to choke out the other plant. I don't recommend, ask someone who knows. Scott, you know, I know, when it comes down to the plant, if you're going to be creating a privacy wall, boxwood, don't put them any closer than two and a half to three feet from center. But I want to have that nice little hedge. You Eventually will. you will get it. But right now. But right now, you know, be a little patient. Pull on your it. jets. 
I mean, I, I tall heads. It. I get it. The same thing. Don't put them too close. Ask somebody who knows. If you don't know, then ask Scott. Look us up. Your Midwest Garden Podcast. Where are we located, Scott? On Facebook. That's right. And then you can ask the questions. And there's a phone number there, too. Yeah. That will be in the show notes. Oh, okay. So if you guys have your own questions versus Scott coming up with that one because it's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> Scott's got some pretty good pet peeves. You can send us your questions. We'll have Mike answer them. The phone number is, uh, what, is it 567-318-2325? That's 567-318-2325. Or you can contact us on your Midwest Garden at bex.net. That's uh, basically the email. email yeah. yeah. Your Midwest Garden at B is in boy, E is in Edward, X is in the movies you and I watch, dot net. Uh, phone number again is 567-318-2325. That about cover it? That it covers the whole show. And next week we're going to be doing what? Next week is our very first quick tip that we've added for this season. So it's a a short, just from the expert, giving you two or three quick tips about a certain subject and I'm being done. I'm my nails while you're saying that. Keep going. That's stroking my ego. That way, if you're interested in, say, like dandelions, you can just search your Midwest Garden podcast, dandelions. And yeah, I want to give that quick up. tip right now about the dandelions. No, because that's not coming up. Okay. And then, uh, we, have, you know, week five is the Encore episode. So Yay! All right. Well, for- all right. Everybody, we got to run. We're going to say goodbye? Yeah, we got to say goodbye. We're way over Know the difference between soil, medium, and dirt. Dirt can be a bunch of junk you have on your next-door neighbor when, you know, a strange car comes. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at Your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.